was a beautiful white dog that was hurt and wounded. She nursed him back to health. Good shot. And he became her best friend. Yeah. Hey. What are you doing? Playful. Loyal. Protective. He was the perfect companion. Until she discovered someone trained him to attack and kill at will. You got yourself an attack dog. A dog trained by professionals to attack people. Now that dog has got to be stopped before he kills somebody. So let's say somebody trained him to be an attack dog. There's got to be a place where they retrain these dogs. Then I'll find that place. Come on, Julie. You got a four-legged time bomb. One minute, he's gentle as a lamb, and the next minute, he's a monster. That dog is sick. Then he should be cured. The people that made him sick made him permanently sick. Then they should be put to sleep, not the dog. Christy McNichol, Paul Winfield, Jameson Parker, and Burl Ives star in White Dog. Welcome back to the Kill Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Gray, and tonight I'm joined by my internet co-hosts. We have Ash. We have Devin. Say what's up, guys. What's up? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so by time our listeners are hearing this and you guys are hearing this today in real time, it is technically the three-year anniversary of the show. Oh. Seems like... It's just flown by. There's been a lot of talk of a lot of movies, a lot of talk about a lot of nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) And most importantly, just fans of the genre getting to express their opinions. So it has been fun. I am excited for this new year. There's a lot of fantastic horrors coming soon, as we've talked about almost every episode, Although every release I've seen so far has been very disappointing. Has anyone seen The Turning yet? No, because the world told me not to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I myself, I decided to take a break. I was like, I'm seeing a lot of these things right when they come out, and it hasn't paid off. Um, so I'm just not into it for now. But you want to hear something actually funny as of today... Or the end of January, it Knives Out is in the is the top ten movie in the United States right now. I'm not sure if you guys went and saw this in theaters. It's technically not a horror movie at all because it's not a horror movie at all. However, it does feature one Jamie Lee Curtis, so it did pique my interest, and I did go see it. And for those of you who haven't seen it. Apparently, people are really liking this film because it is still in theaters. I didn't know that. I thought it was heading to Blu-ray any day now. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
Brian Johnson is really having a pretty good success with this because I want to say it was like Thanksgiving weekend. Question yeah. mark? It maybe they, came on November. Yeah. I think maybe had a limited release before Thanksgiving weekend, but the actual release was Thanksgiving weekend. So here we are two and a half, two months later, number 10 movie in America right now. That's impressive. I feel like when it first came out, I didn't hear much about it. But now, like, within a month, I've been hearing a lot more, like, I reviews about it. I feel so stupid. I thought the director's name was Rain Johnson, and it's Ryan Johnson. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I guess you could see that, maybe. Yeah, okay. That's just... <laughs> The way my well, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew it was successful because aren't they, they're working on a sequel with um, Daniel Craig's character, so yeah, we'll see more. Which of makes sense because it would—he's the only character to where it's like you could have a whole new cast. If you guys haven't seen it, he plays uh, kind of like a third-party detective, but he didn't really do anything. He's kind of like the fly on the wall that they can see, but they're not really sure how he fits in. But then, like, when he's up there chewing up the scenery, it's worth it every time he speaks. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm hoping and assuming they take it that direction, and he's just on to his next whodunit. It's an all-star cast. Yeah, everyone had their moment to shine, really, except for... I feel bad for Catherine Langford because, like, she had this film, but obviously the other talent really does outshine her. And then she was supposed to be in Avengers Endgame, and all her scenes got cut. So she really had a quiet year, even though she was part of some pretty cool projects. I like her, I like her in 13 Reasons back when I watched the show, and I like her in Love, Simon. First season only. I was forced to watch the second season, and I... I, I said, I don't want to because the show doesn't need a second season. The story doesn't lend itself a second season. And I was proven right. And now there's a third season. I just, I haven't, I don't know. I haven't mustered the courage to, or, or the need to, to watch it. I didn't even finish it. Like I made it to probably like season two, episode three, and I just stopped. Yeah. It so definitely already reached. Are aware that there's a season four coming. Oh, I, I'm aware of it. That's yeah, the final one. Well, hopefully they're all dead now. <laughs> Damn. I haven't seen it past <laughs> the first season, but if you're sticking with the first set of characters, you got to be running on people. That's all I'm saying. Nothing. Not promoting teenage suicide in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. It was, the first season was good. The second season was rough. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm sure our fans are wondering why. Hey, she's Australian, actually. Yeah. And statistically shows we have maybe a couple listeners in Australia. So we're curious as to what you guys think of the show. If you want to find us on Twitter at Kill the Dead, I Need You, Jesse, or Ash to Ashes. Ash, did I get your Twitter name right? Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, or Gray himself, that's G R A E himself. 
uh, holler at us. We're curious to how you discovered the show, what you think about it, and how come you keep downloading it. Really quick question for Australian horror. Did you guys like Wolf Creek 1 or Wolf Creek 2 better? Oh, I love them both. <laughs> yeah, I like them both. I didn't watch the show. I didn't, I didn't watch it either. If, okay, I, I, if I have to choose, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy both of them. And y'all know me. I always bring this up. Y'all know I love my gore and stuff, so I will have to go with two. Are you asking because part three is coming this year? There's a part oh, is, three. Is it? I didn't know that. No, I I didn't like the first one. Actually, I, I bought it sight unseen, and I watched it, and I regretted owning it, and I avoided the movie for years. And I said, okay, let me give it another shot. Let me try watching it again. Maybe my, my tastes have changed. Couldn't stand it the second time around. <laughs> However, I really like part two. So that's, really? one of the rare, that's one of the rare sequels in my book that's far superior to the first. I'm not sure. Like, I enjoy the progression, I guess. Because it's not like I didn't like the first one because I watched the second one. But then it's like the second one, I guess, would get more airtime. But I've never, I've never, I've never pitted them against each other. You should. <laughs> yeah, but now you're making my brain hurt. <laughs> no, because like, part one was just unpleasant to me. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know where to go with this. Well, can't wait to see what Mick Taylor does this. No, is it Taylor? It's Mick for sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't quote me on the Taylor part. <laughs> you guys ever think about the random knowledge you store in your head about movies and that it will probably never pay off for any life crisis? But if you were at a trivia night, your friends are going to think you're really cool and not realize how much time you spend looking at this material. Did that happen to you, Gray? No, I don't play trivia anymore because I'm too competitive and no one understands how to play. Oh, shit, there is a Wolf Creek 3 coming out this year in October. Oh, my birthday, Mama. And it's Mick Taylor. Okay, Mick Taylor. So it's continuing the story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to watch it. Thanks. <laughs> See, and it's we'll going to continue. It's it's going to continue after part the the series. So I don't know if we need to watch the series in order to get caught up or what. But there is a wrong turn three on the horizon. I can't wait. You know what I have been? I I've seen it, but its official release is coming. A uh, little remake film by the Saskia sisters called Rabbit. Um, oh, yeah. Comes out next week. Officially. Is it getting a wide release or just limited? Uh, no, this is physical media. I'm not oh. sure why, you know, they had the UK release first and then Canada and then limited release here. Mm-hmm. I haven't read up on them. I know they like. I don't know. I feel like, and this could just be me reading too much into their social media, but like, people are just giving them shit for no other reason other than they're women. Like, I don't. Haters out there. In my opinion, like, I like a majority of their work. I think it's entertaining. I like the fact that you have, uh, 
uh, writer director combo set or whatever you want to. I'm not sure if one favors one area more or they just share everything. But I like that, and the films are getting like you can see it progress. I'm not saying they're, they're bad or worse. If you guys have ever seen Dead Hooker in the Trunk, I still like that film. Um, American Mary's obviously one of their more readily known classics, but like. Why? Why? Why are they not getting recognition? Is it because they're Canadian? I don't really like Canadians either, but they're cool. <laughs> Listen, depending on what happened in November, I might be a Canadian. So, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I don't know. I, the horror community is as open as we are and as passionate as we are. We're not very kind to women. Nope. Um, especially when women are in positions of authority. And we're also not, not that great when it comes to people of color either, but I think women, mm-hmm. women got a really, really bad. Which needs, obviously needs to change ASAP. It just seems like a lot of people are just in denial. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on. Yeah. It's freaking yeah. annoying. Like this one guy chewed them out because what was it? It was like uh, there's some uh, articles uh, going around saying like who wants to be who should be the next director for uh, Captain oh, Marvel Captain 2. Mar- yeah. And this guy like just like someone tagged the Soska sisters and this guy commented and he just ripped them to shreds. I'm like what is this guy's problem? Like yeah, he was I, just saying yeah. some unnecessary BS. Well, I mean so was someone trying to say that they should direct Captain Marvel too? Yeah, so I was like, yeah, you should get the Soska sisters. Like, they're the best. Like, praising them. And this guy comes out of nowhere and was just saying some very negative and disgusting things. Everybody's a thug on Twitter. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the sad part. It's where tri- Twitter is the most addictive, toxic thing Definitely in my life, and I'm sure for many other people. Yeah. Is just get involved in things that you wouldn't necessarily like if you saw two random strangers arguing on the street, odds are you're just gonna keep walking. Like you're not gonna just interject yourself mm-hmm. and then take a side. But on Twitter, like, for whatever reason we're all fair game. Uh, you know, it's it's whatever. Yeah. But because I, I still won't quit Twitter. I've been pretty Lots of days ago on Instagram nowadays, but it's because my job sucks. <laughs> I, you know, what movie I'm really looking forward to that's coming out. It just hit Sundance, um, and I've been hearing about it for a while because I'm a fan of the director. Is a movie called Bad Hair. Have you guys heard of it? I have uh-huh. not. Have you guys seen the movie Dear White People or the TV show yeah. Dear White People? Yeah. Okay, so the, that film's creator, Justin Simeon, this is his follow-up movie. Um, and it's actually a horror movie, a horror comedy about a black woman takes place in 1989. She gets her, she's trying to fit into the corporate world. So she gets her hair done to look more professional. She gets a weave and the weave has a mind of its own. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> No trailers or images have really been released. A, a couple of images, but no trailers. Oh, wait. Um, Lena Waithe, or Wyeth, or how do you say her last name? 
you know, yeah, she's promoting she, it. Yeah, she's on it. Uh, so is Kelly Rowland, <laughs> Vanessa Williams. What? I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest Lena Waite fan. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a fan of the director and I, the premise just sounds batshit crazy. So I'm really looking forward to this. We can have Killer Weave. Yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say Killer Couch. Or oh, Killer Sofa. It. But, um, yeah. Now I'm definitely interested. I saw something about this, but obviously the article was more about a particular star's infidelity than the actual film that they're there to market. Or? So, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is a key time for a later date. <laughs> but I completely, it completely overshadowed the movie, actually, because I guess I kind of did see it, but I didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, she's not the main focus in the movie, but she's a significant part in it. And there have been a couple of reviews posted online because it's at Sundance right now, and uh, the reviews have been mixed, and they've been pretty consistent by saying this film feels like a, a first draft. <laughs> Maybe if it had more time to develop, it would have been a little better. But it's still good. So, I mean, who cares? I still want to see the movie. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to just for the point of different horror is good to have, unless it's called Black Christmas. So I'm really excited <laughs> to see what other people want to create. Just, just throwing out there. Um, it's my new Lord of the Rings. Oh boy, nothing's got to make it the way to every episode. <laughs> well, I guess we should get to why we are here tonight. As you and many other Americans across the world know, it is officially Black Wait History Month. Wait a minute. Did you say many Americans across the world? Yeah. Oh, and across the world. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My martini's starting to hit. I'm too in, okay? <laughs> Black History Month, we are covering a, I don't know, sleeper? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm interested to, we haven't really had any pre-chat about the film tonight. No. Uh, it is the questionable 1982 film. I say questionable only because 1982 was the year that it was supposed to be released versus the time where people may have actually saw it. Samuel Fuller film, White Dog. Suggested by our very own Devin. Yay. (laughs) You sound so excited. (laughs) I'm obviously going to start with you tonight. Um, Where did you first come across this film? So my dad made me watch this film as a kid. <laughs> so, I mean, this is from the 80s, so I don't, I, I honestly don't remember what year it was, but I remember my dad making me watch this movie because he was also in, here he still is, it's a horror movie, he knew I was, and, you know, we're both black. So he's like, this is kind of a new thing, watching a horror movie where racism is, is the actual horror. And I remember watching it once as a kid, and I, haven't seen it since 
it's hard to find, as we all know. It's not a film that's on any streaming services. It's not played on HBO or Showtime. So at this point, unless if you're downloading it for free somewhere, you have to buy the um, you have to buy the Criterion Collection DVD. Which I actually may do after yeah. uh, after now viewing this. Ash, what was your uh, impression, or had you seen this before? I have never seen it, or heard about it, or anything until our lovely Devin brought it up. So, <laughs> I don't know. so my first impression was just like, oh wow! Like I wasn't expecting any of this, and I, like I told you guys in the group chat, I was like, I just want to hold on to my dog so bad, <laughs> and just like rock him and just kiss him. Like it was just, I, I can't even put into words how I feel about it. Like I enjoyed it, I liked it a lot. It was just like, damn. What kind of dog do you have? One, um, Bentley is a Lab Husky German Shepherd mix. And then my little one is a Pomeranian Chihuahua mix. Aww. Yeah, so it was just like, oh, come here, baby. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it was just, I feel like it was a, a power, like the film definitely had a message. And I hope, who like, whomever were to watch it they understand it and don't just be like why is it called white dog why is it this why is it that like if you actually pay attention to the movie <laughs> you <laughs> i will hope you understand the message of it so i did a little research as to why this movie has maybe flown under the radar so to speak um as i to briefly touch on, 1982 was the initial release date, but it was very limited, um, mostly due to what they perceived as controversy, although it is noted that the SCPA, or whatever the Animal Association is, worked on the film with the dog, as well as there was parts of it, oh god, I'm going to lose my black heart, NCAACP. <laughs> I, I know there's an extra consonant in there somewhere. NCAA. <laughs> Give me your card. Give I me your card. Um, was attached to the film as well. But, uh, so it did get released in limited theaters here in America that year, but was quickly pulled um, due to its content or people threatening to protest or what have you. And then, fast forward to today... Um, our friend, our Norwegian friend, saw that I posted that I was watching it last night and DM'd me saying, oh, how have you never seen this film? And I was like, well, it, i never seen it. It's just never come up. And he was like, I remember watching this as a kid. And I was like, how? <laughs> like, <laughs> was like how? on TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, because it did release there on whatever normal delay schedule that they have. And he grew up with it being on television like normal because racism doesn't carry the same weight in the UK or in Finland or in Sweden or Denmark or all those like Dutch-esque type places. Um, so it's interesting that 
we're the only ones that were shut out. And on purpose, Paramount decided to bury the bury the film um, due to its content. And they were like, no, we're not going to let this be released. However, because it was released in the UK and whatnot, people were able to get copies that did appear on t- cable television from time to time here in the States. And then it had a couple soft releases in the 90s. And then, of course, as you mentioned, the official DVD came out uh, 2008 as part of the Criterion Collection. So the movie's kind of been like, you have to be in the art house know to have seen it or want to see it for almost 30 years. Yeah. Um, also, I'm going to tell you right now, I like the fucking film. The one thing I don't like about the film, or just don't understand, is how is it a PG film, but Chrissy McNichols' titties is out the whole goddamn time. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> looking at a scene, I was like, is that a titty? That is a titty. I'm sorry, like, I'm so sorry. Had seen this. I mean, it was 1980, before the PG-13 rating came out. But like, still. It's still been rated R, yeah. Can yeah, I just I'll, say though, like I, I loved her outfits in this movie. <laughs> I was just like, dang! If I was a kid of like a, a child of the eighties, I would rock that. Like, I'm a nineties baby, but I, I really liked her outfit. <laughs> but like, especially towards the end, like her all white outfit, you definitely could see a titty. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I um, I don't know, normally. Titty's breasts don't bother me in a movie. But it was so unexpected. And then when I realized what I was looking at, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> She's definitely not a little darling anymore. So like, yeah. let me stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie is, like, marks that transition where she goes from a, a young child actress to an adult actress. I think she was right. 19 or 20 when the film was in production. Oh, that I did not know. Yeah. But she does look kind of young, you know, especially to her counterparts in the film. I mean, they're not elderly men, but they're definitely older. Well, her boyfriend's like 45 years old. In the yeah, movie. I was just about to <laughs> mention that. It's like Rick from Friday 13 Part 3. Like, how old is this guy supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the, the you never, she the best actress won the job. Yes. But at, at times, compared to her co-actors, she does look like a child still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a hard movie to find, and it's, it's definitely a hidden gem. And it's, for those of you who don't know, it's about a, a literal white dog, a white German shepherd, who was trained by a white supremacist to attack black people. And Christy McNichols is an actress. She takes him in as a stray and then begins noticing he's he's attacking <laughs> black people. She takes him in after almost murdering him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he and he saves her from a, a robber slash rapist. Yeah. And then when she notices that he's the dog's attacking black people, she takes him to a uh, animal trainer who works for movies. And the there's two animal trainers. There's a black guy and a white guy. And the white guy is saying this dog needs to be put down. And the black guy is saying, no, we need to save this dog, or he wants to try to save this dog. So that's the crux of the story. Which, you know, it's interesting because you go through the dynamic of she saves 
Actually, I'm getting ahead. We'll come back to that. So, the film, obviously, once you catch on, if you don't know what a white dog is, or, um, you know, if you took it literal, then, of course, you're surprised when you figure out that, oh, this is a thing. Uh, the film is actually based on, uh, or influenced by a true occurrence between the writer and her boyfriend that happened in their house when they were working on whatever project. And that's how this happened or this movie came to be. Um, which is interesting because until you experience something, you never really think, or you can't fathom that someone would do that. And then they go into the thing where it's like, Oh, they would purposely go find a black person that's down on their luck. They use examples, but let's just say down on their luck. And you'll pay them because of their dependency on their habit to abuse the dog. And it's just like, in a world where we're seeing, or in the eyes of some people, we're seeing that black people are the problem and violent. But then it goes to the same thing the dog went through. If you're constantly getting me when I'm at my worst and encouraging me to be my worst with financial backing, then how does the cycle ever get better? That too deep, too fast? I think so. No, like, kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, so women, so who is, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so at one point Christy McNichols asked um, and I don't know his name so let's just say the black trainer Keith Keith <laughs> Keith? yeah Keith like car keys yeah you know I never knew <laughs> I don't know anyway and he's talking about how you train a white dog to be a white dog. And they were saying normally the supremacist will go get a junkie or someone that's harder for cash and have them abuse the dog and then pay them for it. Oh, and I they, see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so I was making a comparison of, all right, well, Throughout the world, right, black people are just feared. Like, you're walking outside a street, black people could just be generally having a great conversation, and the volume may rise. And yet, that's threatening to some people. But, like, nobody thinks, like, a race of any other non-dark-skinned... <laughs> Guys, I'm going to say the word, the W word, okay? White people <laughs> um, could cause such a threat, right? So that if you see those type of people enjoying themselves, no one's like walking directly across the street or avoiding them in most situations. So it's kind of a thing of, I like that the film kind of addresses the different levels of racism or how the racism can become a cycle. That racism can become a cycle. Yeah, I'm, 
Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because I think that that's what makes this movie so taboo, is that someone is acknowledging that it's not just everyday black and white, we're better and you're not. It's like there's a whole culture going on of conditioning. Like, not everyone's born racist. Not every dog or no dog is born racist. And I love the title cards. Did you guys catch that? That everything is black, white, and gray? Because that's the only colors a dog can see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is amazing. Like, I paused it. Well, I was like, <laughs> oh, holy shit. <clears throat> um, but anyway, you were about to say. Well, I just, I like the fact that the movie ask the question can racism be cured if, if it's i mean nobody's born racist and i don't i don't i don't think that's the point that a lot of people are arguing but can a racist being be cured of racism we've seen that in humans some people have been parts of like supremacist groups and have later uh, you know recanted their their position and become an, an ally and, and trying to help cure racism or are some people so far gone into it that there's absolutely no way they can be cured? And there's not a clean there's not a clean answer for that. I mean, especially when you do that to a dog. Dogs are conditioned the way their owners raise them. So, I mean, spoiler alert, they had to take the dog out. Oh. <laughs> um, yes, that is very true. I, I liked how the... There was a juxtaposition, right? So we have the situation of Christy McNichols saves dog. Dog, in turn, saves Christy McNichols. Right? So they traded a life swap or whatever you call that situation. But then there's a scene later where she doesn't think the dog is learning. And when, after the dog murdered the guy in the church... She's like pressuring Keith. She's like, why'd you kill him? Just kill him. Why don't you shoot him? And it's like at this point, she is so like done with her dog that she's ready just to put it down. Mm-hmm. And I found that as an interesting metaphor for society. It's saying that she's that voice of no, nothing can be reconditioned. Even though I thought I loved this person, I trusted this person or mammal in this case. Um, I'm done. Let's walk away from this. But Keys is like, I don't know, doing his best Brody impression from Jaws. And he's like just obsessed. And he's determined that some good can come from this. And which he does. Like he goes through like some weird fetish type things of trying to prove that dog that black skin's okay. And I don't know. that. I'm not, I would not say I was aroused, but the lifting the shirt and exposing this, that was shot in kind of a weird, sensual way. I, mean, I didn't get hard. It's making me. <laughs> I didn't get hard, but you know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but like, I was like, is he conditioning a dog or is he trying to get a, a, a something going here? Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh. I, I mean, I think it was, he was just trying to expose him to dark skin because he was covered up for the most part with the protective gear. But take the whole shirt off. It was like a weird peekaboo <laughs> tea situation. Oh, great. I'm, wanna, I'm curious. Like, I would like to ask a animal trainer, 
like the whole procedure <laughs> for that. Like if they actually play peekaboo with their shirt <laughs> or <laughs> or what? Um, that scene was kind of weird. I was like, okay, so <laughs> what do no, we try to do here? <laughs> it is a different time, but in real life, a dog gets put down after it murders its first person. It doesn't get to murder two more people. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, I thought that was the most fucked up part. And I'm kind of jumping ahead here and spoiler alert, but I encourage you to watch the movie anyway. But I was a little, the only thing that really annoyed me about the film was the fact he, the dog killed a bunch of black people, but then when he went after a white person, that's when they put him down. And that could also be like a, some, you know, a, a statement in and of itself where black lives are, are considered more expendable than, than white lives. Hello. I, I never. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Yeah. No, it was, it was silent. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that in in this case, it's Keys that takes out the dog when he's about to harm the white person. Right. And it's strange because, like I just said, three other African-American people had to die. Mm-hmm. I guess you never find out if the woman died. I just kind of assumed she did. No, she was in the hospital well, she, healing. Yeah, yeah, but in my mind, she died. Nineteen eighty two. The other people can't survive a mauling. She can't either. I just love how like it was just so unreal. Oh, this part was unrealistic for me that she did not press charges. Like maybe because yeah, like, everyone knows who dog it was. It wasn't like this random dog just walked on set and. Attacked her. Right. Like, what What was the dog doing on the set in the first place? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I have issues with this film, but. Right. Well, I definitely like Christy McNichols character, Julie, and she was not. I thought they made her intelligent and she she wasn't oblivious or blind to the dog's. Racist. It's weird to say the dog's racism, but she wasn't blind to it. She just wasn't aware of it until it, be, until it became obvious, you know. Right. And then she did become, a, you know, someone who wanted the dog to be put down. It was ironically Keys, the black character, who wanted to try to rehabilitate the dog. There has to be <laughs> metaphors in there as to why the white characters, um, Julie and Carruthers, wanted the dog to be put down because they ra- they recognized that the dog was racist, but it was the black character, Keys, who wanted to restore the, the dog. I probably would have aligned myself more with the white characters in this situation because you, you can't rehabilitate a racist dog. Just like you can't really re- rehabilitate a, um, a dog that's been conditioned to fight in dog fights, you know? I bet that was a smart choice. They, they, how they wrote her character. I enjoyed her character. Other than, I'm not sure how much the beginning was realistic. Where she rescues him. Yeah, but it could just be good old ignorance of what rescue and pound situations were like back in 1982. Because even the truck scene where. The pound collector guys just auctions off dogs at the end of the day. Yeah, that was weird. 
And that could be like a real thing, but obviously uh we can't or I guess we just need someone older on the show to speak to 1982. Yeah, I don't know what 1982 LA was like. <laughs> if that was a thing. But it just also seemed like no one provided any proof. So it's just like, oh, I feel like I want a dog today. Take it. If I don't like the dog, let it go. When I feel like a dog again, go back to the pound and pick one up. <laughs> it's like a non-committal companionship. Yeah. Now, what? I do have a question. So, what were your like y'all's thoughts on the boyfriend? The forty-five-year-old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he was fine. I thought he was in the right for the most. From um, recalling everything, I thought he was in the right. He recognized that this was an attack dog. He had to be put down right away. Like he knew what was up before she even recognized. Right. I don't. I don't think he realized the dog was trained to attack black people specifically, but he recognized that this is an attack dog. Right. Yeah. I mean, I thought he was fine. It was just, it's the age difference, visual, visually. So it's just like, <laughs> what is he really here for? Is he just taking advantage of a young actress trying to make it in Hollywood? And he's promising her, you know, some type of thing later. But we never even get into that. Like, he's just her boyfriend. Right. I was kind of confused because when it was the scene where she was uh, putting up the posters. And he was like, you're a single girl who lives up in the hills. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> so y'all together or no? <laughs> oh, but, true. Oh, no. Also, Maybe. how could she even afford to live up there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think his character really served as a mouthpiece to highlight what's wrong with the dog, so that she can fight against him, and just and that it showed how how much she really did come to love this dog and how protective she was of him. So I really think that's the only purpose he served. I think it was so you would pay more attention to Dick Miller's appearance. Because yes. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I wrote that down. Guy from Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he, he, it's always nice to just see him pop up. Obviously, this wasn't a, a starring role or a lead role by any means. But just because you now know who he is, or I guess, no, this would have been before Gremlins. Yeah. It's a quick cameo. Before Gremlins, before uh, Chopping Mall. <laughs> you know Chopping Mall is a movie I keep saying I'm going to buy and I don't own? It's so worth it, Gray. No, I love it. I watch it on Amazon Prime probably at least every other month. Yeah, it's so good. I will say the 45-year-old boyfriend did say one of my favorite lines from the movie. He said, you got a four-legged time bomb. And referring to the dog, and I don't know why the line just made me bust out laughing. Really laughing. <laughs> you know what kind of annoyed me though? Like in the beginning of the movie when she's at the vet, those two oh, yeah. doctors got on my damn nerves. They were assholes to her. They were. So you're not going to pay the bill? It's like, damn. Like, bitch, I didn't say I wasn't gonna. <laughs> And then they still tried to upcharge her at the end. <laughs> Shady ass. 
And again, that could have been a very good depiction of a veterinary clinic back in early 80s. I don't know. Or try to take her vulnerability or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I need someone to retcon this whole situation for me. <laughs> <laughs> How? Like, what did you guys think of the Key's character? Did you think he was foolish for trying to restore the dog? Or do you think that was a valiant effort on his part? I, I don't think he... Okay. I don't think he was foolish to try to save the dog. I feel like he probably like felt connected to the dog just how uh what was her name? Christy's character, I'm sorry. Julie. Julie, almost yeah. yeah. Just how like Julie connected to the dog. Mm-hmm. And maybe like maybe Keith dealt with something similar to that, like when he was growing up and maybe he was just like, I know I can fix this dog. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna That's- stop like I'm not gonna Stop! I'm gonna keep on pushing until I succeed. Uh, I just feel like he, like he, built a, some type of connection with the dog. I took this as completely different. Sexual? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, borderline. <laughs> but I thought it is a '80s interpretation of the magical Negro. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Like, I never, like, the film is supposed to be about Chrissy McNichols. And then she's going to go find the white vet, and he can't help her. But this trainer is the person that steals at least 45 minutes of the show, and it becomes about him saving this dog for her. And then, like, you know, towards the end... He teaches her a lesson, but it's still a greater lesson that everyone else has to learn. So he has to make the sacrifice for the betterment of the world. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think he definitely did play into the magical Negro trope. But I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I feel like his character should have been played by a white actor. Like the keys and Carruthers roles should have been flipped. Because at the end of the day, you're still leaving, you know, you're still saying the cure for racism has to, or the black people have to find the cure for racism, not white people. And I think that would, th- this movie would have had a slightly stronger message had it been the white character Carruthers who was trying so hard to take racism out of, outside of the dog. And that could have been viewed through naivety as white people don't really face racism. Black people do. So I feel like the black character should have known better. <laughs> to think he could eradicate racism from this dog. But what's interesting is in the original novel that this movie is based on, Keys actually retrains the dog to become racist against white people and to attack white people. And that was obviously left out of this movie. So I- I'm wondering if that was ever a part of the script and they cut around it or, or what. Or that maybe be- that's what uh, the ending is a nod to. Could be. Yeah. <clears throat> so what I took away from the ending as it, it exists today, the way it was released, is that Keys is able to retrain someone out of from race being racist to normal. Just like uh anyone that's a following clan member, like all of a sudden just sees I don't have to view people that way. 
But what he couldn't do is unteach the dog hate. So was it the dog retaliated on the white guy because it knows white people made him that way? Or just the sheer fact that hate is always going to be stronger than racism? Yeah. I mean, he got rid of the racism, but that dog was trained to be an attack dog. That's his, that's yep. his first instinct more than anything else. Like, maybe he thought that uh, Carruthers, like, maybe he pictured Carruthers as the original owner. He did favor him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Julie went in on him and his granddaughters. She's like, you son of a bitch. Like, like, I my property. <laughs> She's like, go ahead, call the cops. I was like, okay then, Julie, Okay. I liked how he was, like, taken back for, like, 30 seconds, and then he just leaned completely into it. Mm-hmm. Goddamn right, it's one of the best ones I ever, or best one in the litter. I was like, that what was the creepy. fuck? That was actually creepy. Yeah. And I think that's like, part of the, see that coming. And that's definitely part of the terror of this film, because this this is a real yeah. thing. This is a thing that does actually happen. Yeah, you know, I mean, the slaves were captured by dogs, I mean, they were the dogs were trained to capture slaves. Same thing, you know. This is so. This isn't completely unrealistic. Yep. <laughs> Man, do you guys think this uh, this film could get remade today? I was going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I think right now would be the perfect time to re- remake this film. Right. But I don't think that. Anyone watching it today would even know it's a remake. No, because it's very hard to find. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I agree with you. And then I just feel like it doesn't matter. Like if it does get remade, there's going to be a whole bunch of backlash, just like it was back in the day when it first was released. Because I mean, people are going to have something to say, and I feel like people are still not ready for something like this. Because God forbid you bring up a touchy subject. See, and I thought about that. And, like, this movie came out in the early 80s, and that's when the horror genre was tackling heavy-hitting social subjects. Like, you know, this movie was was very controversial. You have other movies like um, Cruising and Dress to Kill that dealt with social issues, and none of these films were box office hits. So it can be argued that the general audience at that time was not ready to ingest these type of stories. Mm-hmm. However, now we have films like Get Out that tackle racism and, <laughs> better or worse, Black Christmas 2019. Mm. <laughs> but I, but the film, uh, people still gave it, most people, I think, still gave the film a chance or they were willing to see it until they saw it and the word of mouth ultimately killed that movie. I, I think could be successful now. I, I feel the first film still holds up, but I don't know. Maybe a better appreciation for the for the film now now would be good. Maybe if Shutter found the streaming rights and, and added it to their collection. Well, hopefully yeah, that would be nice. I, helps. I am very curious to see what Shutter's. Um, I don't know if you want to say Black Month of History Horror or horror in black history. But I'm curious to see what their selection is going to be this year. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, they're doing a pretty good job with their collection of, like, hard-to-find films and unknown films that 
not most people know about. So they could, I mean, there's a possibility. I mean, they put yeah, the names on there. Don Jen Hess last year. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, did not expect that. Like I said before, like I hadn't seen that since I was a kid. I would uh, like for them to add uh, Critters Attack to Shudder. Thank you. As a <laughs> Critters fan, and the new one has a black as the lead. <laughs> I just there. really want to see Critters Attack. I just really want to see it back. I have yet to watch that. I'm just not willing to pay for it. <laughs> you can use mine. It's okay. Okay, we'll talk offline because I, I, I'm <laughs> going to take a to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it would be interesting to see if it would, because I really think you could really remake this movie like Tom Zavini style, beat for beat of the original. Because I mean, if you think about it, she's in the hills, so you don't need to have a cell phone. She can still have a regular television. She can still have her muscle car. Uh, there could still be a training facility that you go to. But the little things, not little things, but like, the things that we have in modern life doesn't need to be featured in the film for the film to still work. No, no. They would just dress a little different. You could still have titties out the whole time. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> but let's go with that R rating, though. <laughs> Do you feel like if the movie were to be remade that it'll help get the message across? Or you feel like people are going to try and deny it before actually what? What, they're, like, about racism? I mean, that and they're, like, because not a lot of people know about the term white dog. Yeah, I think it would serve as just an education piece, just so this little bit of history doesn't die. Not saying it needs to be dragged out and people need to be pissed at having, because it happened. At one point before slavery was slavery, black people got on those boats voluntarily. It happened. So it's like, fine, but I think it should be kept alive. Like, this movie was purposely buried for so long that most people don't know it existed. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. If this movie does get remade, like I said, my biggest thing would be I would really switch out the keys and the Carruthers characters and, and make keys white and Carruthers black. Um, I think it would. I think the ending, the message would be stronger. <clears throat> so who could you see as the cast of the remake? Well, sure. What's Christy McNichol doing now? She retired, I believe. Um, considering the way most actresses go, no offense to anyone listening, uh, she aged pretty well. Like, If she's had work done, I can't tell. Mm. I don't know. I could see them putting like a Jennifer Lawrence in her role. You really? Know, did I just hear an explosion? Huh? Uh, someone's coming in an echo, but it's fine. You guys will hear it in post. <laughs> um, could this be one of those situations where we do a, a racial swap? What and do you Chrissy mean? Make the dog black? No. <laughs> oh. No. Make Julie black to begin with. And when the dog comes to, after being hit, that's when things start to go awry. 
Hmm. I don't think I don't think that would work because he would just start attacking her on point, and then you would have a movie. Yeah, but let's say the dog spent the night in the hospital. The vets are white. She comes to pick up the dog. Dog starts going crazy in the cage. Uh, they don't release it to her, and they're just explaining it in a way as uh, it's disoriented. These things take time. Blah blah blah. She comes back two days, brings the dog home in a crate. Dog's still going crazy. She knows something wrong. Black friend comes over, attacks black friend. Okay, I gotta find someone to help me. Both trainers are white. They put it together. Like lean more into the horror and terror of it. I don't, I don't think this movie could work if the Julie character is anything but white. Like I think she has to be white because you, because you, you have to understand like why someone is sympathizing with this dog, you know, and to be a racist right out the gate. What about Quintillion Spanish? Sure, because it's that person doesn't have black skin. Yeah. So sure, that could work. That's all I got. <laughs> I still think this movie would be stronger though if like that if the Julie S character is, is white. I, I think that's the only way any any sort of message would get conveyed is if her character is white. Well, I wouldn't want it to be Jennifer Lawrence. Well, no, I really don't either. I don't know why I said her name, actually. Ash? Yes. Thoughts, casting, opinions? Uh, hmm, let's see. I kind of want somebody, like, up and coming. I have to think. Yeah. Like, someone we don't see too often. I don't think you can replace an American sweetheart like her. <laughs> Kristen Stewart? Oh, gosh. Why would you say that? We want she, people to watch the movie. She can convey all the emotions, so let's be right up rally. <laughs> Maybe uh, I'm gonna butcher her name. Uh, Taza Farmiga. No. What? Is <laughs> what? Oh, she sucks. <laughs> Damn. Let me let me ask you guys this, and it's a small, it's a huge stretch. It's not small at all, but I think this type of role is up that person's alley. Dakota okay. Johnson. I was thinking her. I, I swear to goodness, I was actually thinking her. I do yeah. miss Dakota. What has she been in lately? Enjoying her millions of dollars. <laughs> she, was in, she was in Wounds recently. Oh, she was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did say that. I thought you said Dakota Johnson. Sorry. Wait a minute. Who did you say? Huh? I did. No, no when you, you say wounds, like when we first talked about it the last episode, mm-hmm. I thought you said Dakota Johnson. I was like, oh, she's in that. I did. She is. So wait, not who Dakota do you think Fanning. we're talking about? Are you talking about Dakota Fanning? Oh yeah. yeah. No one said Dakota Fanning. I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, forgive me. Um, did she retire? What happened to her? Her sister Ellie took over. <laughs> sure, she's definitely. Oh well. Speaking of Ellie, 
do you think someone like, or not someone, a production company like A24 could do this movie? I, th- I, I think, think so. they would. Yeah. Or I would actually prefer them to do it. Yeah, I, mean, I think I would like that. Yeah. All right, well, what about, way, um, oh, go ahead. Because I, I, now the more I think about it, I'm not sure how old Dakota is in real life, but she's probably nearing 30, if not 30. But then Johnson you have someone. Fanny. She was born in what? 90. Johnson. She's, yeah, she's like a year older than me. Wait, who? Wait, I'm talking about Johnson. Stop <laughs> throwing Fanny in there. <laughs> I don't know when Dakota Johnson was born. I'm just going to say Miss Johnson. So Fifty Shades, she's a a year above me, so she's 29? She's born in 89, so yeah, whatever that is. 29 or 30, one of those. She is a uh, Texas native, by the way. She's Melanie Griffith's daughter. I prefer to think of her as Don Johnson's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then who would you recast as Keys? Malik Yoba, whatever his name is. That's Malik not Yoba. quite who I was thinking. <laughs> Their names sound similar, though. Who? Well, I'm going to let y'all go first. Yaya, Yaha, Yaha. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I can't not think tonight. <laughs> and you're the sober one. I know. Um, I'll be honest. I'm thinking younger. Okay. Um, I'm thinking very hot right now. Lakeith Stanfield. Ooh, I love me some Lakeith. Ooh. I think he would bring <laughs> a different type of magical Negro <laughs> to the situation. I mean, homeboy's woke, so. Ooh, so- I love him so much. Sorry. Again, in my iteration, I think Keys is not the magical Negro. He's the other. He's the one who sent his doggies to die right away. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to go older, and I don't think he's ever done a, a movie like this, but I'm thinking Andre Bauer. I feel Ooh, like he I has that. From 24? Um, I know oh, he's, on Brooklyn, he? he's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, oh, Lieutenant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. He's done serious roles before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the only thing based on horror, but... Yeah, maybe not. Because even when he was young, like back in the 90s, he looked old. Like, he has pretty much looked the same his whole life. Like, even yeah. back in the day when he was in glory and had hair, he still looked old as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he has, he has this commanding disposition where I would believe if he, I would, I, I believe that he's in charge. He plays Lieutenant on TV every week. So yep. Andre Bauer gets my vote. All right. Then what about Carruthers? Carruthers. Huh. That one is kind of hard and I don't know why, and I'm not going to stick with this, but the first person I wanted to say was Danny DeVito. And I know that's not where I want to go with this, but his name popped in my mind. <laughs> I'm not mad at that, actually. Because he has to be kind of, like, funny and serious at the same time. Yeah, oh. Surely, old man. Does it... Okay, you know, it's it's a toss-up. 
And I, these two people are interchangeable in my mind because one person played the other person so well. But I'm going to say Stanley Tucci or Sam Ooh. Rockwell. I'm a f- Ooh. Huh. Or I John Goodman? Rock- oh. Oh, Goodman well, shit. Good. <laughs> now, John Goodman would crush you. Yep. That's one. I mean, I mean, if you watch what's that Cloverfield Lane, like such a good actor. That did it for me. Our Red State. I mean, aside from the Connors, he's a really good actor. He was in Red State. I've only watched that once. I I thought Kevin Hart had a nice attempt at um, making a series. Kevin Smith. Damn it. (laughs) Names names are not our friend tonight. If I would have called him Kevin James, at least that would have been acceptable. I went a completely different person. <laughs> well, see, Kevin James would have been good, too, but not as good as John Goodman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like this recasting. <laughs> all right, 824, get at us. Yeah, we we pretty much have done all the work for you. You're welcome. I'll write the outline for you. Just pay me. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, we need a we need a check. Yeah, and sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to do it. Our thoughts on the 1982-ish film White Dog. If you guys can find it, go watch it. If you DM Ash, maybe she can hook you up with a non-official link to hey. watch the film. <laughs> um, but I would encourage you guys if you have not seen it. Please do see it. Let us know your opinions on Twitter and not Instagram. Um, so what else are you guys looking forward to? It is a new month. There's a couple of horror releases. Are you guys getting in the Blumhouse mood? Because I, I think they're claiming February is their own. Well, are they releasing the Antebellum? Is that a Blumhouse film? I'm still waiting for a new trailer no, I for that. I thought that was in May. Oh, they pushed it back. I thought it was coming out February. Okay. Oh, it's in April. My bad. I okay. it's in February. Well, you have what? Fantasy Island and what's the other one? The Invisible Man. Okay. Okay. Um. I'll probably be on the couch watching TV all month in February. True. If those are my options. <laughs> if those are my only options. I yeah. want to see The Invisible Man. Mostly because... I watched Hollow Man and loved it. I w- enjoyed the original Universal Invisible Man. I think it's strange that we already have an Invisible Woman in the works, not connected to the Invisible Man by Elizabeth Banks. Um, so I'm curious if they know something we don't know, or we're just going for market saturation at this point. Mm. I just because it sounds so silly to go ahead and greenlight this movie now, I'm kind of into it. There's a certain pettiness about it that I'm into. I was about <laughs> to say that. Oh, <laughs> you took the words right out out of my mouth. And maybe that's what they're banking on. Let's just some people are going to want to see this just to not see the other one. <laughs> I mean, I'll probably go see both of them. I'm I'm curious to know why. Fantasy Island is almost three hours long. Like that, I don't get that. Movies don't have to be that long. They really don't. 
I mean, I'm all for long movies as long as there's a good reason, but this one I'm kind of like, so we'll see. I'll I'll try to make my way to the movies, but February is going to be a busy month for me, so we'll see. Yeah, it might be for me too. Yeah, I I watched a uh, marriage story this weekend, which was two hours and 16 minutes. And I loved every second of it. But afterwards, my partner said, hey, do you want to watch The Irishman? And I said, nope. Ooh. Not at all. <laughs> he was not trying to all. kill you. That's a three-hour movie. <laughs> Over three I have movie. not seen A Marriage Story yet. I was unaware when it came out in September that it existed. Um, I haven't watched it either. I'm trying... It's really I good. I know it's a lot of hype. It's really good. It's really good. Are, are you, any of you planning on seeing uh, Greta and Hansel this weekend? No, sir. No. So Sophia, <laughs> Sophia Lillis can't put butts in the seat. I thought I was, it was already out. I didn't know it was coming out. Or it comes out this weekend in the DMV area. I don't know if it's been uh, soft released or whatever. I I have no interest in seeing it, and something tells me that it's going to flop. Because well, what's crazy though, a lot of shows like I listen to, some people are not a fan of this girl. Of uh, who the director? Uh, so- no. uh, Sophia, the actress of It fame. Why? I love her. Why do people not like her? I don't know. They just weren't a fan of her in It. I don't know. You know who the director of this film is? Is the dorky guy from uh, Legally Blonde, like the tall German guy. Anthony oh, really? Yeah, yep, Anthony Perkinson. Oz Perkins. Oh. He doesn't look like his dad in Legally Blonde, but if you, like, Google some of his stills, he definitely has, like, that fucking crazy look. <laughs> like, he... The Norman Bates look. I oh. guess it's the better way to say it. He's a good-looking so, guy. Yeah, um... I, I probably won't be seeing this in theaters, but I, I do hope that it's successful because I feel like every horror movie that's come out since Black Christmas has flopped terribly. Mm-hmm. So. Just need something strong out there. Right. I have a lot of shit to do this weekend, so I won't be able to make it, but, you know, best of luck. Positive vibes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll probably not go see it this weekend, but. <laughs> I plan on seeing it in the theaters. I, I am not wondering just, blah, 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 blah. I'm not 100% <laughs> sold that it will be a good film or that I'm even the target audience. Right. Oh, we shall see. Are right, there any horror TV recommendations you guys have for me? That's a Jules department. <laughs> I'm still trying to make my way through Sabrina, so. Yeah. Oh, you know what? So I'm only two episodes into this, but so far, yeah, it's not disappointing. I I really have just come off of season two, and it's not reflective of the show as to why it took me so long to watch it. Um, I kind of started watching it, and then I moved. My life got flipped, turned upside down, and now <laughs> I'm living with my uncle and auntie in Bel Air, and I was like happy that I could get back to it. Um, so I'll probably binge a little bit more this weekend of season three. 
I'm halfway through season two, and my problem is I like to take naps. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to stock up on some energy drinks or something and just get through it because I'm wanting to see part three ASAP. So, Devin, you got any recommendations for us? <laughs> What's that? Um, you know, I think this week I'm going to rewatch um, the last season of Channel Zero, which is, um, fuck, I'm sorry. Shutter? No. Yeah, it's on Shutter. Um, I think it's called The Secret Door or The Devil Door, something about a door. I forget the name of it. My apologies, but it's it's really good. It's actually the only season I've watched, so I can't compare it to the other seasons. But uh, I really, really dug it. I only watched the first season. Shutter had a podcast called uh, Video Drum. No, not Video Drum. Video Palace. Video Palace. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted that to pick back up. I, I, yeah, that was such a good podcast. I, I'm still listening to it, and I. I, I would like to see that expanded into a, an actual film or a TV series. Yeah, because parts of it is relayed as though there would be actual video footage. Right. Um, so it would be interesting to see if they could actually do it. Although I do remember, I forget, like, there was a Shutter show in the very beginning where they had, like, eight episodes, and it was, like, this guy who... Other horror fans might recognize. I don't know who he was, and it's even more so proof that I can't even think of a name. But, like, he interviewed other directors in the genres, and then they had, like, video recommendations at the end of it. Hmm. That was, like, a fake video story. You got, no, no one knows what I'm talking about? No. Maybe that's why I never got picked up again. <laughs> Let me see if I can, uh, Use my uh, Shutter app real quick. It was called the Core. Okay. Um, it's still on Shutter. Yep. Still on Shutter. Um, he talks to Stephen Ellison, Simon Barrett, the Saska sisters, Mary Heron, Lee Wanell, Rodney Asher, uh, the guys from SpectraVision. That's um. Elijah Woods uh, group uh, and Glenn Danzig but this was like the very very beginning of Shudder hmm. like 2017 and it never got a second season oh. don't know why I'll look for that yeah it was entertaining but the end of it made me think like that's how they came up with a theme or the theory or whatever for Video Palace Also, as long as we're recommending podcasts, if you guys ever listen to Creepy, that is a fantastic podcast. I have not since the beginning of this new year, but it's not a reflection of them. I've just been really into reading books lately, and as soon as January's over, I'll ditch the physical media and return to digital. (laughs) Man... But that's it. That's all I got. Uh, <laughs> happy African American Month. What do we call it? Black <laughs> Month. I am taking away your card. Done. Right. <laughs> You're not making a potato salad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. <Yeah. laughs> 
fine. No one likes my raisins anyway. Damn. <laughs> um, but Devin, real quick, there yep. is a subreddit for Tammy and the T Rex if you are on Reddit at all. Reddit confuses me, and I know that sounds stupid, but I don't. What do you do there? You just—is it just like a giant message board? Yeah, it's like Twitter for people who actually read more than 140 characters. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it would go. Every time I go on, on Reddit, it, I don't know, it gets weird, and I find something that's racist or homophobic or sexist or just not good for humanity, and I like, let me log off. Yeah. So I'm all right, I'll try the Starbucks because I'm part-time barista, and some of those discussions on there touch my soul. Other Starbucks employees. Yes. And yes, no. we talk about people, so thank you. I gotta look this up. That's okay. I know what I'm doing tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> I was gonna read this book that I just bought, but no, I'm going to read it. <laughs> I think you made a good decision. <laughs> Alright, there you have it. Another episode in the books. White Dog, 1982. Go find it if you haven't seen it. If not, ask Ash. Devin, where can people find you on the internet? I am at INeedYouJesse.com on the Twitter and the internets and the Instagrams. I need you, Jesse. Theme song by Ash. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> Ash, where can people DM you for Movie Connections? You can DM me on Twitter. That's Ash to Ashes. Ash, letter X, Ashes. And as always, you can find me on all social media at Gray himself. That's G-R-A-E himself. Everywhere. Gray himself. <laughs> <laughs>